most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Samantha Praviti. As always, I will be answering your mailbag questions every Thursday on this podcast, which you can submit for future shows to mailbag at actionnetwork.com. Please stop sliding into my DMs and please send them to us in a actual fashion because we are so excited to answer them. And I am excited, as always, to be joined by uh, Brandon Anderson, who is an NFL and NBA writer here at Action Network, who you can find on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. Brandon is giving out winners constantly on both sports with both going right now. He never sleeps. Literally, he's he's like out there like, I don't know, you're basically not even human, dude. So <laughs> but we thank you for that. You know, not all not all heroes wear capes. That's right. I mean, who who needs sleep? That's NFL season. It's NBA season. Sleep can come in like, you know, July when there's a break between both of those. There's too much money to be made right now. So we got fancy advice to give. We got NFL picks to be made, NBA props. We'll sleep later. Sleep is sleep. Sleep is for zombies, right? <laughs> sleep is absolutely for zombies. Uh, how have your props been doing for the NBA? So opening night did not go well. We went 0 for 3 on opening night, and that was uh, not the way I wanted to start the year. But we went, I think, 2 and a 1 on each of the nights, the three nights in a row after that. Friday went well, had a few extra picks there and came out well ahead. We did one of my favorites, do a plus juice day, uh, where... Uh, we, we, we go with some props that are all at plus odds or better. So, uh, you know, it feels like we're getting back in the rhythm. And then I was off for a few days, switching well off NBA, switching to NFL over the weekend. You and have no now this is about the time of the week. We're back yeah. over to NBA to get some more winners out here. So hopefully week two goes well. Are you looking forward to this spooky Thursday night game where <laughs> there's going to be no Devontae Adams, no Alan Lazard, and that's it for now. But you don't know. I mean, there's still a whole right. at least 24 hours before, you know, as as of we are recording this right now on Wednesday midday, uh, certainly could be more names added, certainly concerning for the Packers and any kind of fantasy. I, I mean, I told people to go out there and pick up Randall Cobb, but he's certainly not the sexiest name out there. Anyone that you think benefits the most from those guys being out? Uh, yeah, the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> they are so uh, lucky. That is, uh, I mean, I they're know. good and they're lucky, but yeah. obviously. You yeah, it's, it's a bummer. This, this is, this was the game that I've had circled on the Thursday night calendar all year. You know, we get all these clunkers. They're stashing all the Jaguars games on Thursday night. It's like, oh, we got to give everyone national TV game. And then lo and behold, shining right there in the middle of the calendar, <laughs> Green Bay, Arizona, six and one, seven and oh. And, you know, we can't have nice things. So I don't know. The, the line on this one was uh, the Packers were underdogs by like three and a half points. And then as soon as the Devante news came out, it jumped to six, which is a suspiciously high amount for a line to move for a receiver. 
And so I think that the books are wondering who else might be out on mm-hmm. here. And then we saw Alan Lazard out. And by the time you guys listen to this, maybe more names too. So I'm hoping that we still get a good game here. I, I've been wanting to fade Arizona and I keep picking against them in my column. And this was a great spot for Rogers, but, uh, he's got to throw to somebody and there's just not a lot of options. So, uh, we'll talk about Randall Cobb and the prize picks later. I do like him this week, but it's a tough break for green Bay here. Just quick, like handicapping question. Like if you heard that Devontae Adams was out for injury. So there wasn't like a risk of infection of like the rest of the wide receiver court. Like how much do you think a a line should move? Yeah, I would say, I mean, typically anyone that's not a quarterback, I'm not expecting the line to move too significantly. So when the Devontae news came out, I would expect it to move like a half a point, maybe a point. Devontae, I think is one of the best receivers in the league, certainly one of the most important to his team receivers, just because mm-hmm. he is the guy there and he has such good chemistry with Green Bay or with uh, Aaron Rodgers. So anything uh, for for any player that's not a quarterback, anything more than like a point would be pretty rare to happen. Like you, You're a very, very valuable player, which Devontae is, but even then, you know, it, it, like even last week when Baker Mayfield was out for, for our Thursday night game, another spooky Thursday night thriller for us, the line, you know, it barely budged and it, Baker hadn't been playing well in case Keenum is decent, but these lines don't swing a lot. The books don't want to have a big liability where they're on one side and the other side, and they don't want people trying to get in the middle and be able to win on both sides there. So yeah, I wouldn't expect it to move a ton, but yeah, that. This is this is very fishy to me. As I wrote my picks column, I was like, yeah, I liked Green Bay when they were healthy as the underdog. So in theory, I should like them a lot more when you're getting almost a whole touchdown now. But it just it looks fishy to me. And it feels like the books are setting a trap, it feels like. So I think I'm going to end up mostly staying away from it. But I will not be staying away from my TV. I want to see what happens here. Maybe Aaron Rodgers can pull something out of his hat. He's certainly done it before. You talked about the spooky Thursday night game last week. That was my birthday. And the NFL gods gifted me a Case Keenum, uh, Teddy Bridgewater slop fest. And uh, I barely watched it, to be honest, because I was celebrating my birthday and drinking martinis. And it was very boring to I mean, I had I had like the game cast on on my phone while I was at dinner, but not watching like the whole thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, that is classic Thursday night football. And we ended up kind of getting another possible dud oh, this week. This one so. won't be so bad. And, and, and that yeah. was the real birthday present. Anyways, the <laughs> NFL gods gifted you a night without having to pay so much attention. So you got to just <laughs> enjoy dinner and, and a few martinis, you know, fair. no, no late news breaking. No live videos for you to stream. You just got to let the Browns and the Broncos do whatever game it was that they were doing and just let it happen. Fair enough. All right. Let us jump into the segment that we did last week. And I think we're going to keep doing it because it was fun. We're going to put our professor caps on, our doctorate caps, um, and play play whole drop, PhD. So why don't you feed me some names? Yeah. So we are going to earn our PhDs here. So we're going to go position by position. So we'll start out with three quarterbacks. I really like the three that you picked here. So we've got Trevor Lawrence, Jameis Winston, and Daniel Jones. So who would you play? Which one would you hold? And who are you dropping? 
I know this is yucky, but I'm going to say play Daniel Jones. And I, I know, but it's it's the matchup for me. Uh, Kansas City is giving up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They've just looked absolutely terrible against the pass. And Daniel Jones also just gives you a lot of floor with the rushing. Since he's just so, so athletic. So I'm going to say play him drop Jameis, even though it's a really good matchup too, in theory, but also like it was a good matchup for Justin Fields in theory last week. And I, I just, I'm not really convinced. And also I get it. It's a revenge game. It's the game scripts. And like, you want it to be a narrative, but not you, the Royal you, <laughs> we want it to be a I mean, narrative. I, I picked the saints. <laughs> yeah. But, but at the same time, I also think they're going to like know how to pick him off really well they probably picked him off like 800 times in practice and stuff and yeah he's, he's got a lot of reps with the receivers and by receivers i mean tampa bay's <laughs> cornerbacks exactly so i'm probably dropping him i don't think you really need to start him and we've seen some of the limitations of that passing game and then hold on to trevor lawrence i i do think that there will be games that i'm certainly gonna start him yeah, I'm with you on holding Lawrence. He's only had one game over a touchdown, but he's played a lot better over the last four. He struggled the first couple of weeks. He feels like he's kind of, you know, get, getting his feet a little bit. So I want to hold him. There's some upside there. I'm going to flip on the other two, though. I'm cutting Daniel Jones. And yes, if you are going to play him, this is the week to do it. When you're When you're playing the Chiefs, that's the time to do it. But if... Jones is a nice runner, but I worry that that's really the only fantasy value I'm getting. Like I'm waiting all game for him to break one of those 25 yard runs or to maybe score a touchdown. If you only look at the passing, his his passing numbers really have only made him playable in the one game out of seven so far. So yes, against the Chiefs, probably you can count on that to be a little better. I just think Jameis actually has some pretty good upside. He's had a four touchdown game, a five touchdown game. He actually is running a little bit, which is new for him. He's at 126 yards already, so he's well on pace for a career high there. He's only had three interceptions too, so that's that's new. You normally that's just a, like that's that's a first quarter for Jameis Winston usually, <laughs> so only three for the entire season so far. I, I think it's working a little bit, and I do like the matchup against Tampa. They're missing three, maybe four of their top corners. So I, I think that they'll be ready. I think the secondary can be beat. The Saints matched really well with the Bucs last year. The one thing that they didn't match well at is that Drew Brees couldn't throw. You know, he just, he, he was done, especially by the playoffs. He, it just, it was, it was hard to watch. Jameis is a big arm. So I think that he actually can damage that secondary. Just head to head just this week, would I play Daniel Jones or Jameis? I think it'd be close. But Jameis of these three is the one guy that I think could actually become a more reliable fantasy starter. So I'm going to cut Daniel Jones and I'm going to play uh, Jameis and still hold on to Lawrence. I think that's fair for sure. I wasn't really thinking about it past this week. And it, they are all kind of in that same range of like right outside of like the QB one conversation. So they're streamers. And um, I just think the matchup is a little better for Jones. But like you said, I haven't been blown away by any of his passing. This yeah. Year. All right. Let's speaking of not blown away, not blown away is the theme of these three running backs. So here we go. Ernest Johnson, Samaje Pirine and Mike Davis. Holy smokes, we are in trouble here. Can, can we just drop all three of these guys? You know, we're, we're in rough shape. We got to play one. Who are you playing? 
So I think I'm probably playing to Ernest Johnson. It's not necessarily the best matchup, but we know how like run heavy the Browns are. And I also am concerned about Baker's health. So already, I think even with a healthy Baker, they're just, you know, running the ball a ton. Kareem Hunt is going to be out for the next few weeks. And I know Dearness Johnson doesn't necessarily fill that Kareem Hunt role, but it still touches that I think will go to him too, especially if Nick Chubb isn't 100%. So I'm going to say start him. I would hang on to Samaj P. Ryan. I think he's a very valuable insurance policy slash backup. Like a lot of these guys don't have a really good backup, but I actually think Samaj P. Ryan's a decent backup to Joe Mixon if anything happens to him. And we actually saw him get a lot of touches with a quote unquote healthy Mixon. Mixon wasn't on the injury report at all last week and still somehow split carries with Samaj P. Ryan. So I'm not necessarily counting on him for a ton of production, even though it's a really good matchup against the Jets. But I do think I want to hang on to him because I think he would be like immediately in that high end RB2 possibly swinging for the fences RB1 in the right matchups. If Mixon were to go down and we know that he has that speckled injury history, Mike Davis, I am ready to drop, like throw out of my 16th floor window. I don't know. Like I'm, I, I obviously this was a big swing and miss for me. Uh, we've talked about Mike Davis ad nauseum and we've talked about the Falcons in general. We've actually seen the Falcons look a lot better recently in terms of like their past game, but Mike Davis had like one point all game last week. So I am not excited to start him. And I think he's droppable in most leagues. Yeah, I don't have too much to add on this one. Uh, I think if certainly if Chubb and Hunt are both out, then Dernis Johnson is the right play here. Even if Chubb plays, we know that they like to play a couple running backs. So maybe now that he's proved himself, maybe get some touches. But I, I would say I might, if we still have Mike Davis on a roster after all this, when he has disappointed so much and he burned me as well, he was one of the guys I liked a lot this year. I might hold one more week because he is playing Carolina. It's a revenge game. You know, he was on your Panthers last year and had some big lines for your guys with McCaffrey out. So Atlanta's offense, too. I have my eye on them. I I did some digging into that game. And Atlanta, their offense really has started to click a little bit over these last four weeks. And they haven't played anyone good. So maybe that's it. They're just playing, you know, well, New York. they're not playing anyone good York. this week, so. Well, I, I wasn't going to say <laughs> it, but I, I'm not disagreeing with that. But, yeah, like. By EPA, actually, the Falcons uh, expected points added. They're actually number two in the league over the last four weeks, which I didn't ex- you know, expect was coming. They, ex- they added expected points to my expectation of them, too. So I-, I think that the offense under Arthur Smith is coming around a little bit. So I do think there could still develop some value there. I'm still leery about Cordero Patterson. I don't love these three guys, so I don't see much about any of them. If you, if you have a good gut feeling about one, I think trust your gut on it is what I would say. Yeah, um, I, all right. pick, we, I had to dredge down and pick some, some really gross yeah, guys. For this these is a rough one. No, I know. I know. You don't really actually want to start any of them. <laughs> yeah, my, my real recommendation is is put your phone away and take the kids trick-or-treating. It's Halloween <laughs> on Sunday and uh, just, just hope for the best. <laughs> all right. Uh, a receiver is not a whole lot better here. So let's, I like this one though, because we have one superstar name and two non-star names. So I'm curious, would you go with Odell Beckham Jr.? Or do you want to ride with Tim Patrick or Darnell Mooney? So Tim Patrick has the best matchup of the three for sure against Washington secondary, but I'm not 
excited about anything about this Denver pass game, especially with Jerry Judy coming back. So I don't, I, I think he's droppable to be honest. And there, I mean, all three of these guys are actually really droppable in my brain right now. So, uh, oof. I think that, Ooh, I don't know. Maybe Darnell. I know, like I put. You these made the question. In, I know I put these names in there, but I like didn't think this through a hundred percent. Like I want to drop all three. Darnell Mooney might be the only guy that I'm necessarily like. I mean, considering starting, I don't want to start Odell. Who wants to start Odell right now? Like the we just talked about how their past game has been not super great. Jarvis Landry's back, and just I I don't know. I I think he's droppable too against Pittsburgh. Um, Darnell Mooney. I mean, he's like the last guy in that Bears passing game that I'm even really considering. He clearly has better chemistry with Fields, and that's a low upside situation to start with. So probably start Darnell Mooney and hate myself. Um, Hang on to Odell. I think there could be some upside and drop Tim Patrick. Yeah, this is a rough trio. I also would like to drop all of them. <laughs> well, no, I, I would not drop Odell Beckham just because he he shouldn't anymore, but he still has that name. He still is a name that should evoke trade value. And for that same reason, I would also play Odell Beckham of these three, just because if nothing else, when I if I play Mooney or Patrick and they get like one catch for eight yards, I'm going to be mad at myself all day. What a stupid decision playing one of these guys. If I play Odell Beckham and he gets one catch for eight yards, I'll be mad at Odell Beckham. He sucks. Why is he so bad? At least I have someone else to blame. But the talent is still there, and he's actually healthy enough to be on the field. I don't think he's fully healthy, so I think that's part of the problem. But I do like him a little better with Landry back, actually. I think that getting a little attention off of him could help. So, I mean, I don't want to play Mooney or Patrick, and I don't really feel the need to hang on to them too much. So I'm definitely going to hang on to Beckham. And if I have to play someone of these three, I'm, I may as well throw them out there. Fair enough. I, uh, yeah, this one is tricky because they're all disgusting. Yes. The tight end, we have, we have some better options. So PhD, Mo Alley Cox, who I learned it's Mo Alley Cox, not Mo Alley Cox. The alley goes with the last name, hyphenated. So that was new for me. So Mo Alley Cox, CJ Uzoma, or Jared Cook. I like all three of these options, actually. What did you think of these three? Yeah, they're they're definitely all solid options. I would say Cook has maybe more of the rest of season appeal of the three because I like the offense, but this week is not great. They're playing New England, who are actually been really good against tight ends this year. CJ Uzoma is absolutely on fire. I think he has like five touchdowns in four games and they play the Jets. That's just a cupcake matchup. So I'm going to say start him, hold Jared Cook and Mo Cox is just a guy that I am not necessarily excited about because I don't think the volume is there and he just kind of remains touchdown dependent for me. And, you know, if T.Y. Hilton gets healthy, that's just another mouth they need to feed. So I, and I don't know, Carson Wentz, like that's, that's not a necessarily sexy offense that I'm excited to buy into. So start CJ Uzama, hold Jared Cook and drop Mo Cox. 
Yeah, I agree with star CJ Zoma. He's just on fire. You have to play him as hot as he's been. He had two scores last week. He's like you said, five touchdowns, 217 yards the last four games. I'm trying to trade him if I have him. He, yes. he seems like a sell high guy. But as long as I have him, I got to put in my lineup. He's He's been very good. Cincinnati's offense is really clicking. I actually want to hold Moali Cox. I think it's close between him and Cook. The thing with Cook, and normally I know I'm all about, like, get the guy from the better offense. He does seem to have a little higher floor. You know, you can trust the yards and catches a little bit more. Carson Wentz loves his tight ends. You know, I'm the North Dakota State guy, and I've been watching Carson for a long time, and he always loves tight ends, especially in the red zone. And Molly Cox has been a great red zone target for a few years now. He's tall. I think he's a former basketball player. He's got that jump ball ability to just go up and get the score. Four touchdowns the last four weeks. He is touchdown dependent, but I like his chances of getting more touchdowns, and the Colts are playing pretty well. So he he's a guy that... You know, I feel like I kind of stumbled upon him a few years ago as as a playable option. Just like he just looks like a guy. He, he reminds me of like an Antonio Gates or someone that like I'm not saying he's going to put up that sort of season, but just the ability to catch that jump ball at the goal line has always intrigued me. And so he's getting a little more snaps these days and some opportunities. So I, I like Allie Cox, as I have now learned. And so I, I, I don't mind Cook. I, I'm not excited to drop him, but he seems like a guy who's kind of a fringe tight end starter. I'm mm-hmm. usually not one to keep two tight ends around. So if you don't have another option, he's probably fine. But I, I think all three three of these options are fine if you don't have, I don't know, if you don't have, don't have Travis Kelsey, apparently. We can't even count on Darren Waller these days. <laughs> Oh, don't even remind me. I left him in a couple lineups this week. Total rookie move, but oh, I was packing and just really distracted uh, before the four o'clock games. Like I had red zone on and I was just kind of in the zone and the witching hour passed me. And I just. <laughs> Not much was, of a witching hour last week. We better get more witching on Halloween. If we don't get witching yeah. on Halloween, the NFL needs to fix things. <laughs> Very, very true. It was a it was a weird week for sure. It was. All right. I've got a few more PhDs here. Since it is Halloween after all, we need a few play hold drops here. So what do you think? Play hold or drop? Snickers, Twix, or Reese's peanut butter cups? Ooh, play Reese's peanut butter cups. They are the 101, I think, of Halloween candy. Um uh, Twix or I think I would say hold Snickers, but you got to put them in the freezer. That's the best version of yeah. Snickers. And then drop Twix. But I also like Twix too. So it's 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 close for me. I think yeah. there's just more flavor profile in the Snickers. Okay. All right. We're getting some good analysis on this. I like it. <laughs> I think, that, yeah, it's tough. Twix is the bottom for me, even though Twix, I agree, is good. Uh, Snickers, I like They're also messy. You know, like when you eat them and like the cookie like kind of falls apart sometimes. That's true. A little crummy. That, that's like my only like criticism of the Twix. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you said the frozen Snickers. I, I had a, a great uncle that when I was a kid, anytime that we go to his house, he was my favorite great uncle. And you know why? Because anytime we showed up, he would walk over to the freezer and he'd hand us a frozen Snicker bar every time. I love that. So uncles out there, if you want to make, if you want to be the best uncle, just keep some Snickers frozen. And I'm not talking about like an ice cream Snickers either. Yay. Those are great too. Freeze the actual Snickers and eat it. So yeah, for Uncle Elder, I'll, I will start or I will play the Snickers and I will hold on to Reese's because they're delicious too. Yeah. All right. 
PhD, play holder drop, Smarties, nerds, or candy corn? It's time for the oh people to know what do you think about candy corn? First of all, if you like candy corn, like you're a psychopath. Like this is this is scary. <laughs> you probably like standard scoring in fantasy football. You probably like don't like decimal scoring or like something really <laughs> weird and out there. You start uh, two kickers in your league. <laughs> right, exactly. Like just weird stuff. You love the kicker. <laughs> you love the defense, whatever it is. I I don't trust you if you like candy corn. So uh, I literally went, my very first viral tweet was a candy corn tweet about like, it was somehow like Bill's quarterbacks and candy corn all in one. I basically ranked Nathan Peterman below candy corn in like- the Rough, but but fair. But fair, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to definitely say drop candy corn and then it was Smarties and what else? And nerds nerds hmm smarties are just too chalky for me to like really consume a large amount of them so i would probably say hold them and play the nerds the nerds are kind of fun and it's like an only halloween thing yeah right nerds are fun everyone should agree that nerds are fun i've been telling people this my entire life nerds are fun i agree i'm with you on all three we love the name too so yeah we we do we we love we love our nerds all right a couple more play hold or drop Caramel apple, pumpkin pie, pumpkin spice latte. I need to know where are you at on the pumpkin spice latte? I mean, I think it's like overrated. And I do think it's a little bit like become the moniker of the basic person and in whatever like that, plus the avocado toast. I could go with like, I haven't had one all year and I could take it or leave it. Like I could just go my whole life without having another PSL flavored anything. So it's not like I hate it, but whatever. So I'm probably going to say drop that, hold the caramel apple and play the pumpkin pie because I do love pumpkin pie. And that is like such a, just like a seasonal mood. And I love Thanksgiving is the best holiday. Don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise. And it like reminds me of Thanksgiving. So yeah, Definitely love that, especially if it has like some really good like spices on it. And then you can put like whipped cream or cool whip on top. It's aces. Mm, Now we're talking. I uh, may or may not have had a slice of pumpkin pie for breakfast this morning. I love that. That is such a The answer is clear for me. (laughs) Yeah, I was at Sam's the other day and they had pumpkin pie. And I was like, yeah, I, I, yes, I I agree. I will buy the pumpkin pie. And uh, growing up pumpkin pie, like, that's the morning after Thanksgiving. That's the <laughs> slice of pumpkin pie. Cause like the thing with Thanksgiving is you have the giant meal and then the pumpkin pie, like you can't eat it right after the meal because the, you're so full already. Like the True. move is take a nap, go watch some football. And then like two hours later, now when you're a little ready now go for the pumpkin pie. So you get that like late afternoon pumpkin pie and then the morning after pumpkin pie, that's the way to go. What time do you have Thanksgiving dinner? This is like, I always thought that everyone had Thanksgiving dinner at like 2 p.m., which psychopaths. That's when I go. That's when we do it. But like, I just found out that not everyone does that and calls it dinner. So I was just curious if that's like a regional thing, if that's just like, I don't know. So good to hear that at least another person does it at like two. All right. Well, we're we're, we're moving one holiday ahead. Let's do one one more (laughs) fall one here. Play, hold, or drop, pumpkin carving, apple picking, or going on a hayride? Mm, no hayride. I would pass on that. Uh, just 
not my thing. I get like car sick looking at moving objects. So I could already think I'm already visualizing getting sick in the hayride. So probably going to drop that apple picking. I like that. That's fun. That's also like great for the gram. So uh, you get like a picture out of it and then pumpkin carving. Like it's fun, but I'm also not artistic in any way. Like whatever that gene is, God gave me zero percent of it. And it's just like not fun for me, like to have to do any kind of like art project. I end up just like completely messing it up. Don't also don't give me like sharp objects. That's never a recipe for success for me because I will cut myself. I will hurt myself. I don't know. So, yeah, like, I mean, it's it's cool in theory, but I'm going to I'm going to say hold that one and play the apple picking. I think that you are vastly overestimating how fast the hayride goes. I mean, this is like a four mile an hour ride as someone who's know. gone. On I've only done it as a kid. I don't remember what it was like. <laughs> this, this is not like a, a drag race hayride here. So the, the the thing to avoid with hayride is the hay. You know, if, if you either have the allergies or just don't like scratchy straw being stuck yeah. down your shirt, which I mean, is also definitely that. what happens. Maybe yeah. like I don't really love the tactile experience agree agree so yeah yeah. so i'm i'm out on pumpkin carving i don't have artsy like it's it's not in me either so (laughs) we won't be doing any art projects on our mail pod 